You gotta hit the music. Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast. Without doubt the most professional podcast going today. The podcast where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music and we occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie. I'm Nora Jermaine. I'm a drummer turned comedy singer songwriter. I'm having a hard time today. <laughs> and apparently we are both now podcasters. You're going to hear us chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free. For free. Each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, on Audio Boom, on SoundCloud, anywhere you get those podcasts. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, walk up to a random stranger, pull their pants off in the middle of the street just to get their attention and say, hey, motherfucker, download Scott's podcast. And if they don't react, punch them in the face, especially if they have their kids with them. But for now, enjoy the show. That's what I'm talking about. Guest this week on the podcast, Frank Carter, brilliant singer. He's the man of metal and he does tattoos as well. Super cool guy. Caught up with him at the Cat House in Glasgow. It's all coming up. That being said, Nora Germain, how the hell are you? I'm feeling good. You're not going to ask me how I am, no. But you always say, okay, fine. Scott, how are you? Oh, you know me, Nora. Can't complain. complain, Never do. Do you not like the familiarity? No, I do like it. I actually think it's a very good um, mantra for life, for living life. What's that? Can't complain, never do. Yeah. Nora. We're going to go straight on to answering one of you guys' emails, right? Keep the emails coming in. Music at gmail.com. Keep those emails coming in. And we're going to answer one from a guy who's called Dave Stewart. Not the Dave Stewart, but his name is Dave Stewart. And Dave is from Edinburgh, Nora. Say hi to Dave. Hi, Dave. Dave is asking, Nora, Scott, love the podcast. Can you please tell me what your thoughts are about musical theatre? I love it. You guys never talk about musical theatre on the podcast. What do you think about musical theatre? I'll start off. It's shit. Don't like it. I respect the people that do it are brilliant, but not my thing. Alex Pish. Nora. Um, I love musical theatre. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I think it's one of the greatest artistic contributions. Oh, that... okay, you know what? Fine. Scott, what the hell do you have against people in musical theater, huh? What, what do you have against musicals? I don't understand. They bring joy and beauty to the world, okay? No, they don't. They make me want to kill somebody. I hate it. Annie, oh. it's a hard knock life for us. That's fucking dross. How can anybody like that garbage? And I'm not just saying that because we've got a metal singer on the podcast. It's shit. West Side Story, that's a brilliant musical. That's a great story. The two most violent gangs in New York beating up to dance to each other. What a pile of... Oliver Twist! Need I say any more? Everybody's like, oh, that's a real classic moment in the history of musical theatre. You know, when he walks up and says, 
Can I have some more? That's really that's great art. It's a pile of horse shit. A bunch of people from Flaming Coat Bridge or a bunch of people from London singing in American accents with jazz hands and white gloves and smiley faces. Pile of garbage. See if you ever are in a musical. I'll never speak to you again. Nora. You've not been in a musical, have you? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to confirm. Were you in a musical? I'm not going to tell you. You were in a musical, weren't you? What were you in? What have you been in? I don't want you to stop speaking to me. No, I, I listen. I or is that more of like a this moment from this moment forward thing? No, no, no. I, I clearly, when it comes to that kind of thing, I do not have the courage of my convictions because I can never stop talking to you, Nora. And I tell you the reason why. Oh. Oh, my God. Here we go. Because who am I going to get to do the co-hosting? Do you know what I mean? It's going to be a huge inconvenience. So, anyway, what musical were you in? I was in Les Mis when I was, like, 12. Who were you? Bugsy Malone? I was little Cosette. Who's he? She's the younger version of the main character, Cosette. What song did you sing? Castle on a Cloud. Hit me. There is a castle on a cloud. I like to go there in my sleep. Nobody shouts or talks too loud. Not in my castle on a cloud. <laughs> Did you do that on stage? Cloud. Duh. Yes. That would have been awesome. No. So you did that, what age were you? I don't know, 13 maybe. 25 years ago, fucking hell. Anyway, <laughs> so so you like musical theatre then? I would never have thought that. I thought you were cool because you didn't hear jazz, you didn't hear blues, you didn't know your good stuff. Well, I don't know if you realise this, but some of the greatest jazz came from Porgy and Bess. Who? Porgy and Bess. Is that the, the truth? Porgy you know, and all the, Gershwin, all the stuff that Gershwin wrote. You know, I mean, this stuff is like classic stuff, you know? Gershwin. I love Gershwin. How can you not like Fleetwood Mac? I know. I know. Right, for the record, for of offend, I'm sure I've offended anybody, but I respect the people that do musical theatre. They're all very talented, but I'm just having a little bit of a laugh. But if you are offended, then who cares? Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and my opinion is that Nora's a brilliant violin player. What do you think of that, Nora? <laughs> That offends me, actually. Are you offended by that? Good. I think you're very, very good. And I'm glad that I've offended you. Everything that you say offends me. Like what? Like that. Well, I'm glad that you're offended. But it's too busy that you've already wrote your book because you can't slag me off on it. That being said, we're going to get right to the interview with Frank Carter and we're going to be right back with you. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast. I'm at the Cat House in Glasgow and joining me right now is Frank Carter. How are you, sir? Very well. How are you? I'm not bad at all. Right, so Cat House, famous venue for rock and metal. Have you had a chance to, to play here before at all? You know what? I think this is the first time I've ever played here. I've been here a couple of times. I've partied here, but I've never actually played here. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to tonight's show, yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, a few days into the tour, we're just having a brief chat before the interview started. How's the voice holding up so far? Yeah, it's doing fine. I'm a bit croaky today because um, didn't get much sleep last night. But apart from that, I'm um, oh, I'm 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 like in my in my stride right now. So it's um, yeah, feeling good, feeling strong. 
feeling pretty happy. Uh, in your stride is a good thing. Uh, the Glasgow audiences and the Scottish audiences have got a reputation for being quite rowdy. Have you have you found that at all? Yeah, I mean, every time we come up here, they 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 definitely they enjoy kicking off. But I have a reputation of being rowdier, so I, I don't I don't mind. You know, like it kind of it kind of works in my favour. Um, I always like having a crowd that are just excited to to really get involved, and that's what we want. You know, so bring it on. <laughs> Now, talking of that, uh, very, very rowdy stage performance. Uh, I've seen videos of you right in the midst of a pit, literally singing and screaming um, at the top of your lungs, right in the midst of a pit. Is that intimidating at all? Is that exciting? Is that a mixture of both? What's your thoughts when that's all happening? It's definitely more, it's more exciting. I, I, I don't feel intimidated by it at all. There's there's absolutely zero fear there. Um, it's pretty exhilarating, yeah. It's, it's very exciting to be in the middle of that, but... Um, I don't know. I've just always felt very in control of those situations, you know. Um, I'm really lucky. Like my, the fans that come and see see us play, um, they're very passionate. Um, they, they carry a lot of intensity with them, but they're also very respectful. You know, they don't want to see anybody get hurt. If, if they see people fall over, they pick them up, and ultimately, everyone's out just to have a good time and vent a little bit. You know, like they they. Clearly, the music has connected with them for a reason. So they want to come out and they want to share that experience. So I, I feel really lucky. There's, there's everybody that so far we haven't had any, um, haven't had any incidences where people haven't, haven't known how to behave, you know. And uh, so I'm, I'm very thankful for my fans for that, you know. Now, um, he, judging by your singing and just listening to the way that you, the, your delivery and everything that goes along with it, right? I'm hearing a little bit of a Sex Pistols influence. I could be totally wrong. You a fan of the Pistols at all? Um, no. <laughs> In a word, no. No. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't hate them. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of the Clash. Uh, you know, I, I, I do like the, I do like the Pistols. Um, I'm not a huge fan, but I just, you know, they were just in ways just beyond nihilistic and very young and and um i don't know just i feel like just strummer just did it a little bit better you know he had he had he had the he had the songs as well you know instead of just the just the show you know and um but i understand they're, they're an incredibly important band you know in their time like one of the most important bands but um that doesn't mean I have to lie them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You can identify that they've had a considerable yeah. influence in the kind of history of popular music, yeah, if you like, but not but not a fan, as it were. Now, um, punk in general, there's some people, so many people say it's kind of lost its age, it's, it's some of it's commercialised. Do you have an opinion on that at all? What are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think punk is beyond a, a, a genre of music now it's really just like it's even kind of gone beyond the lifestyle you know it's just i think you're either you either have it in you or you don't and um you know as with anything that gets popular there are gonna be people ready to pounce on it to try and extract as much money from that situation as they can um if punk happens to be fashionable there'll be plenty of people ready there to you know I was watching TV the other day. There's a fucking advert for some makeup, and it's got like Sex Pistols font all over it. And you just sort of think, well, we're 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 trying to trying to sell individuality to to people that aren't individual, you know. Um, 
So I don't know. You, I feel like punk is just is is a is a some mindset, is something, or is something in your heart. You know, it can't really be sold or bought. You just either got it or you haven't. So, as for the music, I think um, I think there's like a, <clears throat> nowadays a lot of younger bands are they're thinking more commercially. You know, they want they 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 measure um, they measure the importance of their music by its success. And I think that's such a false economy. You should be measuring the importance of your music by by how much it 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 um it connects, you know, not 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 on a commercial level. I haven't made any money from this band. Literally I haven't I haven't made a penny from this band yet. And it's cost me a lot of money, but it's priceless what I'm getting back from people. You know, like you you get out on stage and I play music that I can see has affected people, you know, and it's affected me in a big way. And so there, there's nothing that I don't I don't do this for money. If we did, we'd be in the, we're doing the wrong thing. Do you know what I mean? I've got a job outside of this. I'm a tattooer. That's that's where I make my money. So, um, but yes, that's a tough question. It's a difficult one because there's so, there's so many different facets to it. Um, but for me, I just I hope. I mean, I bring bands on tour with me that I think are doing it for the right reasons. Bands that I, you know. Um, I like their music and I like their energy and I like their, I just like their, the heart they and the soul they put into it. You know, I, I would say that this is really a punk band. This is a soul band, you know, because that, that's what, that's what I do. I get up on stage and I like set fire to my soul every night. And I, and I just, you know, exercise all my demons and um, it's very cathartic and it's, and it's explosive and, it's why I'm probably as relaxed as I am right now. Do you know what I mean? Because you can, you can, um, yeah, you feel, you can only feel one way after you've done that, like ten nights in a row. So, yeah. Tell us about the songwriting process of the band. Are you coming in with full songs? Are you guys jamming out stuff? How does it all come together? It comes together by me and Dean, the guitarist. We get in a room and we just sort of sort of hammer out some ideas, either he'll have a riff or I'll have like a couple of lines of a song or a verse and, and I'll just say, look, I've got this idea and I'll sing it to him or, or vice versa. But we very much structure the songs together. You know, as soon as we've got a part, then I'm thinking, okay, well, where does this song, where does this song go? And I try not to direct the song too much. Like I just want the song to sort of take me where it wants to go. Um, and I try to influence it as little as possible. And that sounds ridiculous because we're making them, but. I don't know. You can you can force it, and once you start forcing it, you 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 take everything that's important, everything that's good, everything that's cool about that song, and and you flush it away. So um, for us, it's it's very much like an organic process of of just really wanting to like it's 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 constant discovery. Do you know what I mean? Less like less less building, more exploration. And we, we don't want to like, we don't really want to like labor too much over, over the, over the actual like manufacturing of the songs. We just want to like, we want to enjoy the idea of that song, you know? So we, so we come with an idea and, and we get excited about it and we, and we put some little bits together and they either work or they don't. If they don't work, we, we, we leave it there for a little while and, you know, there's a few songs that, that didn't even make the cut for the first album. I don't think we've ever played them again, but we may in the future um, because one of us might have an idea that, that works for that, you know? Um, so yeah, it's just, um, it's really Dean and I, we, we, we are the sort of, 
the nucleus, so to speak. And once that has developed a little bit, we, we send out a demo to the boys and that's when we get into the room together and we start hashing it out live. And that's when we start troubleshooting the song, like what does work, what doesn't work, you know? And that's when it's a bit more of the, a bit more graft, you know? That's when you start building, building the songs properly. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very nice setup because we've only ever really written with guitar and vocals. So it, we feel quite free, you know? And um, and it's quite easy to to get lost in that process, and it also means that a lot of the songs have the ability to be stripped back and just played just by me and him, which I think is really nice and something that I've lacked in in my other bands. So, yeah. Not massively surprised that you're a fan of the Clash, but is there anything in your record collection or in your iPod, iPad, whatever, that um, people might be surprised that you're a fan of? Anything at all springs to mind? Um. I mean, I love Adele. We were just listening to Adele on the way up here. Um, but I just like all good music, you know. I, I'm a big Beastie Boys fan. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure my whole iTunes would surprise people, you know, because obviously for everything that's there that you, you'd assume like Slayer and The Clash, there's, you know, there's Taylor Swift and. There's plenty of like incredible pop songs. I love Katy Perry's music. <laughs> She's brilliant, brilliant pop artist. Um, just like I love the last Kendrick album. And um, see, so yeah, I just I just like good music because if it speaks to me, then I'll just I'll just grind it out for months, you know. Um, but yeah, I just um, I don't know, man. It just depends how I'm feeling. Like I think people assume that I just listen to like metal and hardcore, like on repeat and that's just like that's just not who i am do you know what i mean i i, I, I that's what i make you know so i don't want to just don't want to be burnt out by that and also i don't really want like i find that you spend too much time listening to that stuff it influences you you know and i and so i've always tried to keep my mind fairly pure it's actually funny like when we get in the studio i'll probably just stop listening to music for a couple of months which is always really weird and i just focus on just listening to ours which can, can be really painful <laughs> but but also like incredibly rewarding when it comes back and and the song is able to surprise you still you know so yeah and lastly being a tattoo artist anything at all that people have asked you to do was perhaps what's the most unusual thing that people have asked the tattoo on most unusual thing um i mean i get a lot of weird weird requests but unusual i guess is subjective depending on the person you know okay. because for one i mean i'm tattooing an entire back piece of aliens versus predator at the minute on right. on my barber you know now that's certainly not everybody's cup of tea. i think there's i think there's a line in a song somewhere yeah, there yeah so it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea but to him it's totally normal it's what he it's his passion you know he absolutely loves those films so um so yeah it's weird like uh but I, I'm, I'm quite lucky. I, I guess one of the weirdest things I ever got asked to do was tattoo a freckle on somebody. And it was because they were like in a scavenger hunt and the prize was a car and they were like, if we get tattooed, we get loads of points. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, it's 50 pounds, the minimum charge. This was years ago. And so I just, you know, zip, there you go, 50 pounds. 30 seconds later, the next team came in and they were like, what's the smallest tattoo I can get? I was like, well, you can get a freckle. I'm like, yeah, cool. So I think by the end of the day, I tattooed three of these scavenger hunt teams that all thought they had the edge because they've got tattooed, but they all got the same tattoo. That's a good day of work, I tell you. It was, That's it. it was like, I think it was uh, like probably a total of 
20 seconds of work for the day and a lot of money. So yeah. And I bet none of them won the car. So. <laughs> I've never tattooed the MDB. If you need somebody to do that, I could probably yeah, handle yeah, that job. Yeah. Frank, good luck tonight, man. Good luck with the rest of the tour. I am back on the Talk Music Podcast and I am joined now. This is very exciting for me because I am joined by the greatest violin player that I know personally. Nora Sweet Sugar Germain. Nora, how are you? I'm feeling really good. Can you stop I'm texting your pretty- phone? Stop texting your phone. I would like your undivided attention. I'm texting you. All right, sorry about that. Because obviously this communication of us talking to each other isn't good enough. What are you texting? He texts us, I'm like, Scott, I don't think this podcast is going well. That's exactly what I was saying, actually. Was it? Excellent. Uh, right, listen, Nora. Tell me what yeah. you got coming up musically come November, December. What's happening? You get in planned? Hit me. Um, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to finish in November or December, but hopefully within um, very close to the new year, I am releasing a book and my new album. It's my fourth one. And my book is really exciting, and um, you can stay up to date with everything on um, my website or my Facebook. And my website's norajermaine.com. And I'm always posting new stuff that you guys can um, check out. And I'm going to be recording in December, so I'm really excited to do that. And um, the whole thing is really just fab. So there you go. Fantastic. Glad to hear that it's all going well in the world of Nora Germain. Nora, tell me three of your favourite ballad love songs. Um, I like the way you look tonight. I like the very thought of you. And I also like secret love. The song that you and Genevieve posted a couple of weeks ago, what was that again? I was playing it That's called, I've got it bad and that ain't good. That's on my first album, actually. Oh, no, 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 no. I, Everybody check that out. It's brilliant. But it was a cover song you were doing. Yeah, the one, I've got it bad and that ain't good. No, it wasn't that one. It was a famous <laughs> pop-ish song. Oh, that's tonight I'm yours. Uh-huh. I don't know what it's called. Tonight I find the love is in your eyes. Well, well do you still love me? Tomorrow. I think it's called Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. I don't know who it's called. By either. the Shirelles. Know your history. Know your music. The Shirelles. You never heard of them? I, well, of course I have. I just couldn't think of it then. Listen, are you familiar with, uh, just as I was watching an interview with them earlier today, how familiar are you with Oasis? The band? Yes, of course, you idiot. Because maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. You're fine. And after all, you're my wonder why. I love that song. Let's get violins in it. That's why I love it. Anyway, we're babbling here. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much to Frank to have Kieran on the podcast. Thanks to Nora Germain. Thanks to everybody for listening in. 
please continue to listen. Please make this a regular thing in your life to check out this podcast because without it, you may die. Wow. It's deep and meaningful. And anyway, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Audio Boom, NorrisYourMain.com, ScottCowie.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, like us on SoundCloud, like us on our normal websites, and we will see you guys next week.